I want to want to say this, that as a pastor, you preach various types of different sermons. Last week's sermon was a, a, was a direct sermon. I think it was the only time I'll ever walk off stage. Some of you didn't like that, by the way, I could tell, yeah. Some of you did, you just like go, right? But um, there's all kinds of different sermons that you preach as a pastor. You preach uh, teaching messages. Uh, you preach messages that are warnings for your body. You preach messages to equip them. Um, like I said, direct. Some are very encouraging. And today, um, today's message is, is really a message that's kind of in the process. It's, it's almost like an open book of my cognitive experience with the Lord, my, my experience with the Lord over the last two weeks. Um, it's, it's definitely not one where I think that we'll have it finished this week, but we'll keep going. It's coming from my heart as the pastor of the church. Not that last week didn't. Last week was direct. We needed to hear it. We needed to get, right, we needed to get correct on that. But today is, is, is going to hit everyone differently, which is cool. Um, this body, as you know, is important to me. Um, and I would never manipulate you by telling you, hey, this is my experience or, you know, this. But there's going to be a few times today that I'm going to say, I believe the Lord said this to me. And I want you to know that's, that's coming from, from a true place. There was a couple things that the Lord shared with me over the last two weeks that's just been stirring in me. In a nutshell, I'll just kind of say it this way, that two Mondays ago in the early morning, um, it's cool when it's dark in the morning now, right? Yeah. yeah. So who, who likes it to be light and who likes it to be dark in the morning? Who doesn't wake up unless it's light? Don't lie, right? Okay. But in a nutshell, um, as I was there and I'm seeking the Lord, um, he wanted to say that he wanted for our body to shelter right now, to manifest. Now, I'm just not going to get off on... Strange words, manifest means simply this, to make clear or to display. He wants to make clear or display his spirit in a new and different way right now, in a deeper way. And he wants to display his spirit, listen, to be accompanied with the supernatural signs and miraculous things. Now, for some of you, you're going, what, right? I, I've been asking the Lord to do something supernatural, miraculously in our church for years. It's, a, it's just a daily prayer of a pastor. I think the majority of pastors would want to pray for that. Hey, Lord, we want to see you show up in a way that cannot be, con, um, cannot be controlled, cannot be um, concocted. Like, we want to see that, Lord. I think pastors, I hope pastors are praying for that. that. That's something that I have for so long. And I've seen many mighty things happen in this church. I've seen specific words for people. I've seen miracles take place in people's finances and the purchasing of homes. I've seen healings. I've seen this. But what I want you to know is when the Lord spoke to me two Mondays ago, it was in a deep, deep way and says, no, I'm wanting to do something different. So I want to start off by saying this, that the truth is this, that the church ever since the Holy Spirit came down in Acts chapter 2 has been marked by, listen, and associated with the supernatural. 
from the very beginning of the church, you can look in the book of Acts, and there's constantly a move of the Holy Spirit that is accompanied with different prophetic signs, different healings, different miracle power, things that cannot be concocted or explained by man. The church has always been like that. Even after Acts, we see that if you look at your history books. Now, I have not, and I am hoping that you have not, ever subscribed to the idea that the working of the Holy Spirit was only done during the book of Acts and so that scripture could be validated. I'm hoping that you've never subscribed to that. I hope that that you don't subscribe to some of the teaching that says within a lot of Christian circles even today that, um, that Acts is a history book. You are part right now of the New Testament church. I got to tell you now that now there, there are different seasons. The Brownsville revival, right? What happened on Azusa Street. There, there's thing, God does dispensation of his presence and his spirit differently all the time. But I want you to know that you are living in the New Testament right now. Everybody with me on that? And so there's this, this concept or this thought of, of this word um, sensationalism. And go ahead and put that up. It's the view amongst a sect of people that the works of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of tongues, prophecy, healing, and miracles, ceased at some point after the death of the last apostle. So, and some of you are going, well, of course not. But, but I want you to know, like, this is actually a real thing in the church world today. And so when I, was, when I heard the Lord talk about this a couple weeks ago on a Monday morning, I was, I, I was kind of reminded of, of, of just a short passage of Scripture in James. I, I went through the book of James as a young man, and we were supposed to memorize the book and that, da, da, da. And so there's this thing that stuck out to me, that if you look at James, the whole book of James, there's this constantly direct orders that are happening. It's a very, very practical book for those that have read the book. It's, it's very life applicable, you know? And so there's this, this thought as he's closing up the letter that James just says arbitrarily. And it, it kind of sparks something in me. I want you to see this. It says this, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Two supernatural things are going on there. One is this, the prayer of a righteous man, right, offered in faith, that person will be made whole. He will be healed. The second thing that is very supernatural that we don't give supernatural credit to is this, your sins will be forgiven. Everybody with me there? How many of you know your sins not being held accountable to you is something supernatural? (laughs) Very, thank God for that miracle every single day. My point that I'm trying to make, though, in this is that this, in this book, if you understand the book of James, you'll know that it's not done from this, there's not a lot of context to it. This, This right here, it's just said arbitrarily. And what it meant to me as, as the Lord was saying, hey, Jay, I want, I want the church to have a, a greater um, manifestation of my spirit accompanied with miraculous signs. What I started to think when I read this was, this was commonplace back then. Meaning this, it wasn't reserved for the elite. But as a pastor of over 20 years, I have to tell you something. Where is it? Where is it? Where is this part? Where is the part where 
someone walks down, has cancer, we pray, and he's healed from cancer. Now, all of us have, have had interactions with people that we can say, yeah, that's happened. But, but I don't know about you, but it haunts me as a pastor. Because I'm all about preaching you the word. And when the word says something, it's my responsibility to preach it and you to respond in faith and start acting on it. But some of us are very, very afraid to act on it because we don't want to be disappointed. Let's just be honest. So I want to ask you a question then. Um, if I say, where is it? I know one thing for certain. It can't be me that's the problem, right? It's quiet, right? It can't, yeah, it was a setup. You're right, Don, it was. Don, it's really, really. <laughs> it was, Don, way to go. I wrote that up, set it up. We, we can't be the problem, can we? Or are we? Are we? John chapter 14, verse 12 through 14 says this. It says, very, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me, how many of you, by literally raise your hand if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Raise your hand high. Okay, that's you then. This is to you. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. They will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Wait, how is the Father glorified in the Son if the Son's not here? Holy Spirit that's inside you. That's the Son of God's Spirit inside you. You're going to remember that if you remember anything today. That you house God's Holy Spirit. And a lot of it's in you is very suppressed. Okay? You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. What I want you to remember is this is not just reserved for pastors. It's purposeful today. The signs and wonders and the moving of the Lord is still purposeful today to confirm the gospel. It's to give glory to the Lord and to not to man. By the way, anything that you see that's giving in the, in the faith, that's giving glory to man, I'm just going to ask you as your pastor, just turn the channel. Is that okay? Like when it, what, right, when, it, when it's elevating somebody else, because I can tell you this, it says, very truly I tell you, whoever, that's you, whoever believes, in, well, pastor, I just don't believe, I, I've been, I've been bestowed, I can tell you this, that you need to start walking in faith and seeing what the power of the Holy Spirit will do through you when you actually have the faith to step it out, okay? See, I, what I, so that we don't get off, I, I want you to know that I don't believe that when it says um, the greater things than these, it's not just limited to miracles. It's not just limited to prophetic words or um, dispensation of tons of tongues and, and interpretation of that. It's not just limited to that. It's limited to supernatural. It also has supernatural fruit in it. Have you ever walked around somebody who has so much patience that, that, that you're going, what's wrong with you? That's super, that's something that can't be explained. Or a peace in the middle of a storm that you're like, wow, that, they're different. What they have is they have something going on inside of them, the Spirit of God bubbling up so much inside of them that they have supernatural fruit that's coming out. My point is, is that this should be happening within this body all the time. And it's completely spirit-driven. 
Hang with me, okay, guys? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 through 4 says this. Let love be your highest goal. Read that with me. Let love be your highest goal. One more time. Let love be your highest goal. This is 1 Corinthians 14. What comes before 1 Corinthians 14? 1 Corinthians 13. The love chapter. Okay? So let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be only talking to God, since people who won't be able to, won't be able to understand you. So you'll be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it'll be, all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but the one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. This is some deep stuff. This is just, what are you giving us just an absolute liberty just to go off, pastor? I'm telling you this, man, that if the Lord speaks to you and the Holy Spirit bubbles up inside of you and you don't share it, that is causing problems in this body. That's negative how I said it. Let's say it better. You should be speaking any prophetic word you give, and you have the authorization. Ephesians chapter 5, 18. Oh, we like this one, right? We got in a couple versions. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. You can... You can, you can um, let me get this really clear for everybody. At salvation, at salvation, one's body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? The Holy Spirit comes and you are baptized in the Spirit. You, you, the Holy Spirit resides in you. But what we see here is we see words like this throughout Scripture, like filled, drenched, immersed. He's not talking about salvation here. This is something different that he's talking about. He's not talking about the initial inhabiting of the Spirit of God in you. He's talking about you being filled right now today and tomorrow morning and tomorrow at lunch and tomorrow evening when you drive home. He's talking about an immersed feeling of the Holy Spirit at all times in your body. This is what he's talking about. I think the only way I know I, how to explain it is, is this, is that if you have, um, and we have some people that do sound pretty good. We've got um, like a radio signal. And that radio signal has sound coming out of it. And at some times, you can whoop, turn it up to volume 10. And at some times, you can turn it down. Meaning this, that there are some times, and I have seen it even in you guys, and I've seen it in myself, where the Holy Spirit fills me so much, all of a sudden, I'm just, man, there's something coming over me that I can't explain. And then sometimes I'm walking around, and I'm not, that, that's not exploding in me. Does that make sense to you? Like, but but, but the, con, the, the idea here is to be ever filled with the Holy Spirit so that it manifests itself in ways that will benefit the body around you. So as I'm going through this whole process, um, I went to dinner with somebody who is not really in fellowship with a ton of people, um, and um, he loves the Lord. He's known the Lord a long time. So I'm kind of like kind of fleshing this out in my own self, and we're having dinner, we're having some wings, the guy begins to talk to me about this experience that he has. He says, the other day I woke up, dude, and I didn't have anything going on, so I just had some time with the Lord. 
And as I was having time with the Lord, I was in my bathroom. All of a sudden, I had this incredible vision. I had this vision of a woman. She was wearing a red dress and a white hat, and she was at Fry's over off of 32nd Street in Bell. And I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, what's up? And as I saw this woman, I saw her in the aisle, and I heard so clearly the Spirit of God say in my life, get $1,000 out from the bank, walk over there, or not walk over there, drive over there, and go into the aisle where the natural, like, substance, um, like the the vitamins are. And he's like, I don't even, you know, what? This this person that I know, I, I have to be honest with you, he's not an incredibly disciplined man. He's not, he, he's just, He's just a normal guy, right? And so he goes and he's telling me, okay, well, I, I decided to do that and I walked over into this aisle and if you go to the fries in 32nd and Bell, you know that that's like one aisle that no one ever walks into. And he stood there, right? He stood there in there and as the Lord said it, a woman rolls in with a white hat, with a red dress and she's pushing her cart. And this guy's like freaked out now, right? And he walks over to her and he said, the Holy Spirit told me to give you this. And the lady said, just broke. She was asking for proof of God in her life and that's how it manifested. That very morning she was asking for that. So as I'm like tearing up, right? I'm like, like I'm going through this experience about hearing the Lord's miraculous powers. I said, dude, I need you to stop talking for a second, man. Please stop. I said, can you please tell me what you did that morning? What did you do that, that that happened in you, man? Because you don't strike me as somebody that does stuff like this. He said, yeah, I can tell you what I did. The very first thing, number one, is I had to get, I'm going to read it. I had to get over and to the end of myself. That's the first thing he said. Second thing he said is I had on a Saturday to not have an agenda. And the third thing he said, and I hope you and I hope this hits you like a ton of bricks like it did to me. I needed to be still. So for clarity, something supernaturally happened to this young man and something supernaturally happened to this woman. At the same time, because this guy just on an arbitrarily day decided to be still to be in solitude, to be in silence. Look at this. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15 says this. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I don't usually use Old Testament prophetic books, but I thought this was interesting because it could be applicable. The Holy One of Israel says this. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength but you would have none of it. This is written a long time ago about a group of people that are rejecting what? Rest, repentance, quietness, and trust. And I'll ask you this question then. When is the last time that you sat alone with God without anything invasive being pushed on you? I'm gonna say that again and let it hit you. When is the last time that you sat alone with God without anything invasive being pushed on you. When you're still, watch, you're not problem solving. In here. When you're still and in solitude, you're not asking. 
When you're in stillness, you're not planning. You're not speaking. See, without sound, many of us think nothing is happening. But I look at my Bible and I see Jesus constantly withdrawing from the crowd, going to a high place, going to solitude. Stillness is all about staying away from what you normally and naturally want to give yourself to. Are you guys with me today? God is in silence. In silence, you have the ability that I've been using this phrase, Chris, a lot, to be neutral. In silence, you have the ability to be neutral. In neutralness, right, or neutrality, if you want to say that, um, you stop analyzing the regrets of yesterday. In silence and in solitude, right, when you are neutral, you stop obsessing over what you can't control in the future. Do you see, hear what I'm getting to here, guys? Okay. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 says this. When you go to pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father. Right? Who is unseen, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. God is really, really, really close in silence. So what's the point of that, Jay? Why? Because for me, I think, frankly, when God said to me, hey, listen, I want to do a different thing, something different, a manifestation within the congregation that's accompanied by signs, that's accompanied by supernatural fruit, that's just crazy, that's different. Okay, what does it look like? I'm going to show you, Jay, right? But I think what happens for us is this. Listen to me really closely. We, as humans, love to skip steps. Like even in a video game, hey, what's that code? Left, down, up, right, right, what was that? You know, we want to skip steps, yeah, you know, from Mike Tyson's punch out to get to Mike Tyson. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, but the cool people know. Okay, so here's the thing. We always want to skip steps and get to the end goal rather than understand that God is absolutely in the process and he's doing something in you during that process. So here's how it looks. Okay, well, Jay talked about miraculous signs. I've got the Holy Spirit in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do this. All right, you know what? It's a Sunday morning, and I'm not throwing shade on anybody. I'm just throwing this out here. Sunday morning, you know what? Let's uh, just check it out um, tomorrow on the app while uh, while I'm driving. That's awesome, because you got to go, and you got to do your deal, and you got to be with your family, right? But I just have to say this, that if that's how you roll in, right, and then you have an expectation that as you have diverted attention all the way over to receive the word of God, as you're doing whatever you're doing, and then you expect to go walk over and say, Lord, let me hear you today. Oh, really? Okay. And you put a 30 seconds on that. I got to be honest with you. Good luck. Like, we want to skip the steps of actually coming into a place of solitude, of stillness, of waiting on the Lord to actually have the Holy Spirit grown and have a culture in our own self, right, to actually let the Holy Spirit rise in us. Rather, we just want to put it in a time frame. I got to be honest with you. You can't have solitude in a 90-minute service. It can't. This is not still at all. I'm loud and obnoxious, right? 
I'm kidding. Man, you look good doing that. I like it. That stresses me out. <laughs> I don't want another baby, but I love that you have one. All right, here we go. Stillness. Stillness requires removing yourself. I can work all day and grind and listen to 98.7 sports radio on my way in and on my way out and get home, give a kiss to my wife, sit down and turn on PTI. And if I expect the Holy Spirit to move in me during that time, I'm wrong. We can't skip steps. So it's exciting. Yes, okay, pastor, let's unleash manifestation. Come on. But no one wants the grind. No one wants, the grind is not the right word. No one wants to spend time with the Lord. Like, we just want to have a magic wand. Healing come. Dude, how dare you? How dare we? Hold on, Lord. Let me just, before service, let me get my fantasy team going. Okay, David Johnson's there. Okay, you, okay, now blow me over, Lord. I'm, I'm being, I'm kind of being facetious, but I'm being real. Because then what happens, I believe, and this just because I've had conversations, is then we accuse the Lord of not doing something. Or we accuse a ministry of not being a certain way. Well, they just don't let the Spirit flow. You let the Spirit flow. Flowing in the Spirit means to know Him in our internal and then see Him in our external. Be still and know I'm God. The natural course of your everyday, right, take you away and work against you experiencing God supernaturally. I'm going to say that again. The natural course of your day they take, actually takes you away from actually experiencing God on a supernatural level. This is the... Everybody with me for a little bit today, right? I want to keep going on this. This is the danger, by the way, of the grace world that we live in. Because in the Old Testament, there was this tabernacle. And inside the tabernacle or outside was the outer courts. And there were priests there, right, that did all the different workings and all the different sacrifices. That they, and then there was a place called the holy place. And then there was a place called the holy of holies. And on the holy of holies, inside the tabernacle, was a time where one priest, the high priest, one time a year on the Day of Atonement could come in for just a moment. And by the way, he'd have something tied around his ankle just in case the presence of God was so thick he just went down on, right, right? He just went, man, he just got knocked over. They had to bring him out. He would come over there on the Day of Atonement and he would sprinkle blood. That's what the presence of God was looked at back then. Now we just walk into church and go, presence of God. So, I'm, again, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Like, what changed here? Well, when Jesus came, listen, when Jesus came to the earth, the veil that separated the most holy place from the holy of holies was torn in half. What was it signifying? It was signifying that you and me could actually walk in and be in the presence of God at any time. But I have to tell you something, church, very, very strongly. We have cheapened that. I'll just turn on that K-love. Come on, let's go, presence. It, 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 it's frustrating to me 
Because I actually think the Lord had a, had a design that we have would come into his presence, not only with thanksgiving in our heart, but a bit of reverence, but a bit of fear of God, but a bit of like, hey, this is the top. This is the fullness. There is nothing better than you. And we would be so happy to have a life that is filled with worship, that is filled with praise, that is filled with sacrifice, that the Holy Spirit and the supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit would just be a natural occurrence rather than battling all the time with all the crap that you do that you put your heart into. Okay? So this is important to me. This is, this is, this is a, a strain of thought. This dude was sitting in his room being still before the Lord. Hey, there's a lady in a red dress with a white hat and she was there and that was the Lord and that encouraged his faith and it probably encouraged everyone's faith in here, right? Because God's still working. Well, he can do the same thing to you. But you, gotta, you can't stiff the steps. Do you know how easy it is to fake things, guys? I'm just talking off the cuff right now. You know how easy it is to fake spiritual stuff? Do you know how much it grieves the Lord? We're not, gonna, we're not going to... I don't care what anyone thinks of me. We're not going to start um, playing the hype game so you can get the, the chill bumps. I don't give a care about that. What I want is a group of people that are hungry for the presence of God so much that it is an outflow and it's natural. It's not like this, holy cow, that happened. It's just happening all the time. It's not a God problem. It's an us problem. Everybody with me? Some of you don't like it. Two weeks in a row, I'm going striking out at this church. I'm putting my resume out. <laughs> so here's what happened. You're going to like this. This is where I hope it makes so much sense to you. So then I say to the Lord, after I was with that dude, I just sat in my car, man, and I just was, <sighs> so I go, okay, get to the end of myself. That was the first thing. I got to get to the end of myself. So I said, Lord, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this before the people. We're going to get silent. And then, Lord, we're going to revere you all, all this Sunday. And, Lord, then I just want you to just blow us all up. And here's what the Lord said. That's cute. I'm serious. Listen. That's, that's cute. What, what he said, but I need you to hear this. Because this, this, the third thing is really, it rocked me. He said, I'm not looking for you to earn it. I'm looking for you to abide. And watch this. This got to hit somebody. I'm looking for you to be my sons and daughters. What? I mean, like, that just threw me off. You're looking for us to be your sons and daughters. What do you mean? Like, duh, we are God. So Ephesians chapter 1 talks a lot about sons and daughters. Talks a lot about adoption and sonship. So I open up to that. You know, like, again, this is like a cognitive thought. You guys are on this, like, journey with me. Okay, well, I'm going to read that. Sons and daughters. All of a sudden, I get to something in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, that says this. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will may be made complete 
with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. So please stay with me, okay? I don't want to lose anybody here. The fullness of God. What, what, is, what, what is he saying here? What he's saying here is that there is a desire from Paul and there is a reality that we are currently not living in, that we can live in, where we are walking around in the fullness of the love of Christ and walk around in the same fullness that Christ experienced as what? God's, watch, God's son. Do you, do you get what I, what I just said there? That we can experience the same confidence that Jesus walked the earth in. That we can experience the same power that he walked in. The same holiness that he walked in. The compassion that he walked in. Insight that he had. The wisdom that he had. The vision that he had. In what God's son walked the earth 2,000 years ago is actually the design for you and me to walk in. The fullness. Look, look at this to kind of prove this out. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 10 and 11 we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus might be revealed in our body. The next verse. For we, the living, are always being delivered to death on the account of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh, in our walking around today. This is really, really big stuff, guys. I hope this makes sense to you. That there is, there is something that you and me are completely missing. Because this is not about disciplining yourself into stillness. This is actually the idea that you're walking around in the fullness of God as a son or a daughter. Christ was the pattern of what God wants us to experience. I'm losing some people. I knew I, I had a feeling, right? No, because I, I, it's, it's hard to think of. Let me say it this way. God separated the veil, right? To make it accessible for us to allow the spirit of Jesus Christ in us to be the biggest part of you and me. The fullness for us to experience the fullness of God as sons and daughters. He didn't separate the veil so that you could watch YouTube videos. No, listen. He didn't separate the veil so that, that you would just go around living as everyone else would. You have been adopted as a son and daughter. When God said those words to me, hey, I want you to live as sons and daughters if you want to experience X, Y, and Z. You name whatever you want to name of the manifestation of the Spirit. You first have to actually walk in the fullness of God. Is this too theoretical for people? Or are you hanging with me? Okay. Do you think that the fullness of God um, can be capsized and just 100 minutes on Sunday morning? No way. So we, we say it all the time. This is for a lot of people. This is your spiritual experience. This is the height of your week where you get a little bit of worship time. By the time we get into the third song, maybe you've forgotten about the argument. And then about halfway through, well, which is right now, you start wondering, hey, listen, is, is Chick-fil-A going to ever open on Sunday, right? <laughs> It won't, by the way. But my, my point is, this cannot be the, 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 the pinnacle of your spiritual experience. That's not fullness of God. That's 1%, if that. And by the way, counting on me to somehow stir you enough to get you full? 
That ain't my responsibility, dude. I'm here to teach you the word of God. So like, you're dry in your walk, but I'm telling you, it's available. The idea of the fullness of God to be manifested in us internally and then show externally. Supernatural stuff of someone in the fullness of God is a byproduct. Did you hear what I said there? Supernatural things, it's a byproduct of someone that is walking and abiding with Jesus Christ as right on this earth right now. Then supernatural stuff will stop, start happening. Why do you think retreats? Why, why do we always hear about retreats and things that happen at a retreat? Because what happens is like, hey, listen, for just one day, I'm going to turn this stupid phone off. Or maybe for a weekend. And you know what? For just, for just a whole week, I'm going to give myself to waking up earlier than I know. It's not about discipline, guys. It's just about the reality of 2020. We are not operating in the fullness of God, even close, I believe. What I wrote down is, is, is about the skipping of steps. It's like... We want these miraculous gifts without first being like Christ here on this earth. is like Calvin going to his first economics class and me going, dude, would you just handle my portfolio? I mean, that would be really, really dumb. He, not, not because, Cal, but, but like he went to one thing. Like, he has to have experience of losses and gains. He has to understand before he's ever going to touch anything like that, there has to be something, well, there, there has to be some seasoning. I'm just being honest. There's a lot of you that have been in this church for five, six years. You're still the same place, dude. In fact, some of you have regressed because, because you're still in the same place. You're actually angry about it. And you're walking around with a chip on your shoulder going, God, when? God, when? And I just think the Lord's going... I want you to be my son. I want you to walk around in the fullness, the fullness of God. Matthew chapter five, coming in for a close. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Anybody want to be filled? Hunger is not natural condition of those living in America in 2020. I'm not talking about food hunger. I'm hungry right now. I can't wait to eat, right? But I'm talking about real, like, inward hunger. It's not a natural... I don't, I don't think I know many hungry people. Hunger is one of the most undervalued characteristics, I believe. Hunger means then you'll be filled. But if you're not hungry, does it mean that you won't be filled? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I guess, I guess for me, this, this is what I'd, what I'd say about us, is that filled, filled means satisfied. See, I... I, I I, I see this so evident in my own life, man. And God has been crushing me in the mornings lately, showing me this, like, deep stuff about this. Like, Justin, 
You're satisfied with junk. I'm just, man, that's hitting me. So I would love it. I want to, I believe that God is calling us into a season where we're going to see great things. But it's going to start with us not being satisfied with a promotion at work. Well, what's wrong with a promotion at work? Nothing's wrong with a promotion at work. I love it for you. But if that is satisfying your hunger, then that is a problem. Well, what if, what if, what if God brings me the woman of my dreams? Amen, dude. That's awesome. I love that for you. But I hope that doesn't fill you to where you're no longer hungry, where you, where, right? Because the fullness of God, the fullness of God that's possible to us, he says, hey, listen, it's past our understanding. What happens when we get, when we get filled up like that is you will start to see evidences in people's speech, evidences in their giving, evidences in their time, evidences in their relationships that show what Christ would be like on this earth. You are God's son. Jesus was God, right? We, gave, we were given access to it. Do you understand? Back when, the, when Jesus died, we were given access to that. Back then, they couldn't have the fullness of God. Imagine that. They come with their kids, and they come to the tabernacle. Well, son, we can't even go in there, buddy. We can't. Why, Dad? Well, because that's the place where God resides. Well, what does that mean? Well, God is there, and, and the priest goes for us. This is what happens. And the kid, I guarantee, he went like this. Wow, God's in there. And now in 2020, it's like, (laughs) here we go, put some Chris Tomlin on, God's here. Just to me personally, just to me personally, I think that that takes away some of the reverence of God, man. It crushes me, man. And so we want to see this stuff, guys. We want to see this. I want to see this stuff so bad, y'all but I'm not going to just do it. We need it to come from, from a place of reverence. We need to come from a place of humility. Come on. You know I don't get like this often. We made a mistake. We're skipping steps. This is so important to me. It's so important to me. For you. Okay? us because I, I I man I'm just gonna go off for a second here I just I think that the shelter how we love people dude we do it good man how we accept people how we how we want to to let people's gifts dude I don't think there's a place that I know but we got to be more hungry than what we are can't be filled with junk food. Okay? Justin, come on up. Would you bow your head?